it's time. Time to come together, to come to God, come one, come all, to bring our all to the one who has given us his. The time is now to worship, to lift our hearts, our hands to the one who is worth it. It's time to set aside the time on the clock and watch what can happen in an instant when we focus our attention on him. It's time to approach his throne with confidence that he is good, he is faithful, he is able, he is holy, he is here. It's time to draw near, tilt our ear in his direction, be moved by every inflection of his voice. Rejoice in the risen sun, revel in the Father's love as we cast our cares into his hands and stand on holy ground. It's time to make a joyful sound, to bring our lives before the living God, turn our gaze upon his face and of his grace. It's time to make space, make room. The guest of honor is in the room, the one who sits enthroned and crowned. Let's not wait another moment. It's time. The time is now. In Jesus, amen. Stand up and let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to praise the Lord. Amen.
excuse me, we're not going to ask him for anything until we thank him for everything. Can you thank the Lord this morning for all that he has done? Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. You are God, Jehovah, and you do not change. And we are here to worship you today. Hallelujah. Love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Jacob served. Do you realize that's who we are serving today, church? He is the same God. Hallelujah. This morning, how many feel like you've had a few battles this week? Oh, wow. Y'all have had a great week. I'm so thankful for that. You know what? But God says no matter what we go through, he's going to be with us. And he has promised us that no matter what, what comes our way, we can have victory. And today, I want you to think about that mountain that might be standing your way this morning. And I want you to think about how big our God is. Tell that mountain.
Just give the Lord a big hand this morning. Come on, let's give the band, Lord, a big hand this morning. How many of you believe that God is stronger and He's bigger? Come on. How many of you believe that He's stronger and He's bigger? I know I'm not preaching this morning, but I come to have church this morning. I feel the Spirit of the Lord this morning. God come to touch somebody this morning. Now, how many of you believe that He's bigger, come on, and stronger in any situation that you got going on in your life? I want to ask you this morning, did you come expecting God to do something? Uh, brother, brother, uh, brother, Thelma uh, and Jerry walked in the back door this morning, and Thelma, uh, a lot of you know, uh, fell and, and uh, broke her, sprained her wrist, wrist real bad. And Jerry just had an operation, what, four weeks ago. And they're both here this morning worshiping in the church. And I told both of them, I said, I told both of them, I said, Sister Sue, I said, this could be the morning. Did you give me just a little bit more? Thank you, Sam, man. I said, this could be the morning. This could be the morning that God heals both of you. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's the key. Here's the key. Brother Jerry said back to me, having know he's pretty quiet until Thelma rouses him up. But he said, he said back to me, he said, Pastor, I came expecting. Well, he put it like this. I'm expecting it to happen. Did you come? expecting it to happen the woman with the issue of blood she was headed towards the hem of his garment because she was expected that she was going to be healed i asked you this morning did you expect god to do something when you come to church this morning i want to sing this again this morning and i believe he's bigger he's better he's stronger than any mountain that we are facing in our life this morning Let's sing it by faith that God's going to do it. And I want you to sing it like you believe it this morning. Oh, hallelujah. His promise is true. Oh, hallelujah. up in the air God's gonna work miracles this morning oh God you gotta you're a miracle working God oh hallelujah this morning whatever your mountain is this morning you speak to that mountain this morning cancer we speak to you this morning oh come on oh whatever your mountain is speak to it oh hallelujah
big hand this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is still working miracles. Amen. I want to tell you a wonderful miracle. How many of you know that uh, Sister Donna and her husband, uh, their daughter, how many of you remember me asking you to be praying for her daughter that they went to look for a house. They've been trying to find a, 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 a house because I believe her mother is moving uh, down here. And so they needed, a, they needed a bigger house to be able to help take care of her and the rest of the family. And so they went to look for a, they went to look for a house. They thought they had found one. Well, while they were looking, they went through, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they went through a bedroom, and on the other side of that bedroom was another door. And so her daughter was just looking around the houses, like around the house, like everyone else was in the family. And when she did, she opened a, a small door that went in over top of the garage of the house. And if I'm not mistaken, there wasn't a floor on top of that. And when she went to step, she stepped through that that rafter, and she did. She went through that sheetrock, am I right? And hit that concrete floor. We got a phone call that she was over in the UVA at UVA Hospital. It looked like that she'd been in a bad car wreck. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what was going going on. And I called my brother-in-law, which him and his wife, his Tina's sister, they're a pastor. We started praying. Sister Tina, I believe, was the one that called me. People started praying. Uh, it was not last week, but the week before. That young lady, now we're talking, what, two weeks? Was it two weeks, three weeks, something like that? Something like that, three or four weeks? She was, I didn't know it after service. She was standing up here. She come to talk to me for a few minutes. She was standing right up here at this altar. Now, I want to tell you, church, that was a miracle of God. You can't tell me God is not still working miracles in the house. So I want to encourage you, if you're going through something in your life, that God is a miracle working God. A couple weeks ago, I just started feeling crummy, couldn't hardly get out of bed, and some people were praying for me, and I feel good this morning. Amen? Praise the Lord. You better be glad I'm not preaching this morning. Amen? Praise the Lord. As they, as they, uh, as they, uh, play, I want you to turn around and shake each other's hands. If you feel uncomfortable doing that, give a bump and tell them you love them this morning.
Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord another hand this morning. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I feel the Spirit of the Lord this morning. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's brother. I knew, normally don't do this on Sunday morning, but we've got somebody here. Uh, it's their birthday, Brother Roger. Let's give Brother Roger a hand. Amen. Let's help sing this birthday, little birthday song to him. Amen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's my... It's also my mom's birthday. Yeah, I won't tell how old. She's 80-some years old. And my brother's birthday, he's what, five, six, seven years older than me? Yeah. Oh, I need to repent. I need to repent. I need to repent. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many believe that God is this coming year is going to claim that God is going to start restoring things back to your life? How many believe the enemy has taken some things out of your life up through the years and God is going to restore? First Peter, I want to read just a couple of scriptures. I got a few announcements and then Pastor John has got a great message lined up for us this morning. First Peter chapter five and verse 10 says, through God's grace, say through God's grace. Through God's mercy, through God's love, through God's kindness, love for us, He will restore back to us. Can you say amen? And I want to read this passage of scripture in Job. It just keeps coming to my, coming to my spirit. Actually, it's two passages. Look at your neighbor and say, restore. Say, this is going to be a year that God restores. You come on, church. Do you believe that? He's going to restore it back. Uh, Job, how many of you know that Job went through many trials in his life? Many troubles in his life. Many difficulties in his life. And this is what happened at the end of Job's life. Uh, chapter uh, 42 in Job. And it says in verse 10, And the Lord restored Job's losses. How many of you have lost some things? When he prayed for his friends, indeed the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And verse 12 says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job's life more than the beginning. And so I believe that, I believe God this coming year is going to restore things back to our lives. Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you uh, in the upcoming days of this year to continually to fast and to pray. Just that seven days of fasting and prayer, how many of you believe that God did some things? Amen? And I want to encourage you this coming year, uh, try to make a big effort to put time into fasting and prayer off and on all year long. We don't always have to do that corporately for you to do it, but I'm believing God for miracles in this house this coming year. Because I am watching and just seeing and hearing reports from people's families how the enemy is just ripping and tearing and I'm just seeing the devil just just do things like that but I am believing that God is greater I believe he's bigger I believe he's stronger and I believe God is going to work miracles this coming year amen let's give the Lord a hand praise the Lord 
Uh, next coming next Sunday, uh, we're going to have our celebration dinner here at the church right after church. So you ladies get better, you men and ladies, we're going to cook that food and we're going to eat it up, right? So I want to encourage everybody to stay. We're going to love on each other, and uh, I want to uh, ask you to continually pray for Michelle and Brad, the Brad Ashworth family. Uh, Brad's dad passed away uh, this last week, and they had the funeral. And so let's be praying for let's be praying for them. Continue to pray for uh, Preston. Uh, his mother passed away, so let's be loving on him and be praying for uh, him. And one other thing, we'll apologize for counseling last week's service. I don't like to ever cancel a service, but uh, what happens here at the church? If you could show, throw some pictures up there on screen. You can look and see that some of the parking lot on out through there is clear, but right where the... Uh, Right where you come in the door here of the church, that is nothing but a sheet of ice. So it was a sheet of ice at 10 o'clock. If you just roll another picture, that's another shot of it. Um, there's another shot of it a little bit later. Um, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it was that still that icy. And if you continually, I think we've got just a couple more, couple more uh, shots. So... Uh, at 12.30, and actually we took one at on up to later in the day, I think like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, there was also, can, can you go on just a look? Yeah, that's at 12. But anyway, we had, uh, actually I came in here, uh, yeah, at 4 o'clock it was still a sheet of ice. Uh, Monday it was a sheet of ice and didn't thaw out to Tuesday morning. So later up in Tuesday, because of the shadow, uh, it doesn't get any doesn't get any sun. So we've got to do something about that. We're going to try to figure that out because we don't want to miss having church, whatever it takes. Uh, because that could have been a Sunday that God did something mighty, right? Uh, but just be praying, uh, be praying about that. Continue to be praying. We checked with the uh, furnace and air man again this last week, met with him. So continually pray uh, about that. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many ready for the Word of God this morning? How many of you got a little compass as you come in the church? How many of you know our youth pastor is a gadget man? Yeah, he's a gadget man, and as Pastor John uh, comes on up here, we're going to pray for him. We believe God's got a word uh, for the house this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a word for the house this morning. Let's say it again. God's got a word for the house this morning. Let's pray for Pastor John. Father, we thank you this morning for our youth pastor. God, I thank you for all the time. Uh, Lord, I heard him upstairs just praying this morning, God, trying to get the mind of God. And God, I'm asking you this morning that you will clothe him in your power. You will clothe him in your anointing. That nothing comes out of his mouth that's not of the Spirit. God, that you will choke it back if it's not you. And then the Spirit of the Holy Ghost will move through him 
around him. God, that you are camped, two angels on this platform to guard him, to keep the enemy from trying to stop what the Holy Spirit has to say this morning to this house. Because we believe that God has a word for this house this morning. We didn't come to church in vain this morning. Already we have felt your spirit and we believe that Pastor John's got a word. And God, we're asking you to anoint him and bless him in Jesus' name. And let's give the Lord a hand and give Pastor John a hand. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Who all is grateful for Pastor Kevin? Who all is grateful for the... Uh, look, he took, my, he took my compass. Can I get a compass? Get my compass. Neither that lost without this compass. So, um, yeah, whoever's grateful for Pastor Kevin and also Pastor, uh, Pastor Steve, I'm honored to be able to uh, work under both of these pastors. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, uh, they do a great job at mentoring and, and, and just, just watching them, how they approach things in life. And it's just it's just an honor to be able to uh, to be able to be in this position here. I know it's Youth Sunday, but I believe this message is for also for everyone under the sound of my voice as well. Um, who missed last week? I, I mean, I missed it. I mean, we watched church online, but it's not the same, is it? You know, unless you went to another church, it's kind of not the same. So maybe if it happens again, maybe we can just hand out ice skates. Maybe they can kind of just skate on in here, so we don't have to miss church. Uh, so it's an honor to be able to come here. Um, who all, everybody's got a um, compass, right? And did you all grab a couple mints too? Because it might be here just a little bit longer. So just to kind of growl in the stomach. I tried to trim my notes down the best I could. But I believe what is written is important uh, uh, for everyone, including myself. I can preach to myself as well. So let's jump right in it. Uh, John chapter 5. Verses 1 through 9. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the festivals. Now there is a, now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there. Think Remember that statement. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Thank God for miracles, right church? Whether you have seen a miracle, whether you need a miracle, or whether you've had a miracle, let's thank God for miracles. Brother Jerry, there's your miracle right here. You can be you can be that man right now at the pool, at the pool. Let's pray. Dear God, let's, let's thank you, God, for allowing us to be here. God, I pray, God, that you would just work miracles in this service right now. God, I pray that your anointing would fall on me right now. God, they would not see me. They would not hear me. God, I pray that I would stand behind the cross and allow your Holy Spirit to take control. Amen. Let's jump right to Deuteronomy 2, verses 2 
through three. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. That's the title of my sermon today. Now turn north. Look at someone and say, now turn north. North. Tell them to turn north. If you tell me to turn north, that means absolutely nothing. I have no sense of direction. So if you tell me to turn north, I'm like, that means absolutely nothing to me. See, um, when me and Amanda would uh, uh, travel and go out, we would go to places that maybe we've been before, but it's been a while, or we go to places that we maybe haven't been before, and I've used my GPS to get there. And um, so then when we leave, I said, all right, Amanda, how do I get out of here? Her response was, every time, we'll go back out the same way you came. That still means absolutely nothing to me. So then i got to whip out the GPS because I don't know where I'm going. So um, who has heard of geocaching? You heard of geocaching? It's a GPS game. It's uh, almost a treasure hunt, and it's GPS-based. So uh, one time, several years ago, Jason and I uh, were on a geocaching uh, uh, um, hike, and we decided to find this geocache that was in the woods in the middle of the summer, right? So we decided I had a Dodge Avenger at that time. So we decided to travel up this dirt road in the mountain. Here we are just, just pegging along. I got a, I got a good parking spot. We realized it's about a half a mile into the woods. So here we are, summertime. We, we had water. We had snacks. We had food. We had our phones trying to find the geocache. So here we are, you know, we got about a half a mile into the woods. Figured out the geocache should be somewhere around, around this area, right? So then we stopped looking at our phone and started looking around. They were looking and looking and looking. Come to find out, we, 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 we just couldn't find it. It, it, it wasn't there. Then we said, well, we gotta start heading back. Well, we realized that we forgot to ping where my car was. You know, like I said, we're a half a mile in the woods. We forgot to ping and drop a ping where my car was. So I'm like, I'm starting to freak out a little bit here. You know, so I'm like, you know, so I'm figuring out, you know, trying to enjoy the scenery a little bit to kind of keep my mind ease. You know, I said, well, when, maybe it's under this log. You know, I was kind of frantic at this point, you know, because I thought we were going to be lost. So who knows when you kind of get frantic and kind of you do stuff that you probably shouldn't do, you know, when you're when you're kind of in a haze. So I went to go move this log. And I had a walking stick with me. I said, oh, there's a there's a snake there. Right. I said, let's go poke it. Not realizing it was a copperhead the whole time. Thank God J- uh, Jason stopped me. He said, what are you doing? So I wasn't in my right mind. I was freaking out. Here we are just wandering around the woods. Have no clue which part of the woods we came in. And Jason was kind of calm and collect. You know, let's get our thoughts together. We finally eventually made it back to the car. How many of you all know who needs a friend like Jason when we're in a frantic in our life and you're just flipping out, not really, you know, you're just all disoriented. You need a friend to say, calm down, let's pray, let's do that. That's what came to my mind when I heard that story. God, you know, let's, let, let's, let's pray, let's pray about it, think about it. God's got this. So thank God for GPS, right? If the GPS tells me to turn north, you got to do a little better job than that. You need to go left or right. You got to do something better than this. You can't just say go north. How many of you all can say without looking at this compass where north is? Can you point to where north is? 
Okay, you got one person pointing this way, one person pointing that way. It's kind of hard, right? So you're kind of just kind of everywhere, right? So like it is for me in the car, or like it is, like it was for me in the woods, your ability to trust depends on your orientation to truth. See, we've all heard the phrase true north, right? It's meant to describe your core values. The things that are deep down inside you that don't change even though everything else around you might change. We call that our true north, right? Our true north. You could say people, you could bring it into the world. Like, what's the true north for a business? You know, what's the true north for that business? For those of you who don't know, I work for VDOT. So I would think the true north for VDOT would be keeping Virginia moving forward, right? Right, Brother Dale? Keeping Virginia moving forward. I would kid around when I'm out there picking up deer or doing potholes. I would say, keeping Virginia moving forward one pothole at a time. Who knows that there's potholes out in the state of Virginia, right? Okay, only one person knows. You mean telling me y'all haven't traveled the roads? <laughs> so, or what's the true north for a church? That would be who? Jesus, correct. The true north. See, when you're in situations that are insert, that are uncertain, how much you can tolerate and navigate uncertainty will have a lot to do with how much truth you've hidden and how much truth you know. There's a quote I heard. How much trust you have depends on how much truth you have hidden. How much trust you have depends on how much truth You've hidden. If you're having a hard time, Pastor Steve, if you're having a hard time trusting God in the area of your life right now, it may be a sign that you have not hidden the truth in your heart deeply enough for that particular situation. But I want to talk about this man in John chapter 5 again. The Bible says that he was hanging out in Jerusalem near a pool where every now and then the waters would stir up and And when they were stirred, there was a superstition that if you could get into that pool, into that water before anybody else could, you could be healed. See, the Bible says that a great number of people used to lie. The lame, the blind, the paralyzed. Verse 5 says, one who was there, which made me wonder, out of all the people, Jack, out of all the people, that Jesus could have healed that day. Why this one? Brother Jerry, why this one? See, I was expecting this great miracle like Zacchaeus when he was traveling, traveling, when he was climbing up this sycamore tree just to see Jesus. Or with the woman with the issue of blood who had to press through the crowd to get to Jesus. Or what about Pastor Kevin? What about the men who stood shouting, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us. They were screaming out for the need for Jesus. But since this wasn't like this in John chapter 5, it left me wondering why this one? Why? When Jesus asked, do you want to get well. The guy came back with, Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool. 
when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. It's kind of blaming, you know, say, sir, I have no one to help me in the pool. Every time I try to go, someone bumps right in front of me. I have no one to help me. I mean, it's not like he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and said, Jesus, son of God, I'll worship you. I'll do anything. Just heal me. It's not like he did any of that. So why this one? Why? See, the enemy can tell us two lies. He can tell us a pile of lies. I guess he's the, I guess he's the father of lies, right? He can tell us two lies. You are no one and you have no one. See, if you believe either of these two, they will keep you stuck in a place of either not being important or in a state of isolation. I have no one. I mean, I am no one. I have no one. I am no one. I have no one. Since I am no one, I have nothing to offer. See, they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to hear from me. They wouldn't want to be with me. They wouldn't want to accept me. I am no one. I have no one. But in walks Jesus, and he finds a man. And the Bible says about him, one who was there. That's pretty much all he says. One who was there. See, he was the one who, he was one who was there who, who couldn't walk. He was one who was there who was left, who had fallen behind. He was one amongst many who couldn't do what other people could do. So why this one? There was other people at that pool that day, but God chose to heal him. So why this one? And maybe you're wondering that about yourself sometimes. Why would God use me when there are so many other people out there? Why would God use me? I've got so many flaws. Why would God use, use me? The man said, every time I try, someone else gets ahead of me. Every time I try, Someone else gets ahead of me. Every time I try to do this, someone else gets ahead of me. Verse 5 says, one who was there. And Jesus didn't stay and heal everybody at the pool. He didn't stay and do all this miraculous healing at the pool. So why this particular guy? This was a miracle that he performed for a specific person. One who was there. Right, Pastor Steve? One who was there. Now touch someone and ask them, are you the one? Touch someone and ask, are you the one? See, what if you're the one who needs to hear this today? What if you're the one who struggled this morning to get here you're here. What if you're the one who needed to hear this today? What if you're the one who walks out of here differently? Brother Jerry, you could be doing cartwheels out of here. Who walks out of here differently than you came in. Deuteronomy 2, verses 2 through 3 says this, Then the Lord said 
to me. You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. I don't want this just to be a compass. I want you to look at this and and have this statement, then the Lord said to me. Let that be your true north. Then the Lord said to me, and then put in whatever He's telling you. Not what the world's telling you. Not what culture is telling you. We need to go back to, then the Lord said to me. Now turn north. Now do this. Now serve here. Now help this person. Now go get food for this homeless person on the side of the road. But it needs to start with, then the Lord said to me. See, we live in a world full of distractions, right? Culture saying this, then they're changing it up again. Well, do this. To get more likes, you gotta post this. To do this, you gotta do that. It's constantly changing. Technology is constantly changing. You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. God said to Moses, now turn north. Is God telling you now turn north or now turn to me? Maybe you've made your way. You've been struggling with this sin or you've been struggling with, with this issue. You've been struggling with this, with this health problem long enough. You tried to get self-help. You get all these great ideas and great encouragement from godly people. But we need that. Then the Lord said to me. Great advice. From godly mentors, but it needs to, at the end of the day, then the Lord said to me. Forget anything else. Then the Lord said to me. See, until what God speaks to me becomes my true north, I'll always be lost in my life. I will always be lost in my life. Life. See, their law, the Pharisees' law, said you couldn't pick up his mat on the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Not God's law, their law. The law says you, you, you can't do that. You can't do this. You gotta do it specifically by this. But if we go back to Deuteronomy 2 2, then the Lord said to me, Then the Lord said to me. See, your anxiety is always going to tell you what to do until God's truth, until God's word, excuse me, becomes your true north. Our anxiety is always going to take over. Our fear is always going to take over. It's not going to stop. But until God's word becomes a true north, that's what's going to happen. 
See, is your true north your feelings or is it your faith? That's the question. Is our true north going by our feelings or our faith? Something we can't see. The Bible said he had been lying. Past tense. The Bible said he had been lying. See, his situation changed and so can yours. He had been dealing with for not 37, not 39, not 12, not 15, even over 38 years. And his situation changed. And yours can too. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Amen, church? See, what the man in John chapter 5 said. He said, I have no one to help me. It's no longer true, is it? He said, I have no one to help me. He had been dealing with this. It had been true for 38 years. He had no one to help him. For 38 years, all he could do was wait for someone to come help him. That's all he could do. And the law will always have its limits. And that is what the man did not realize. That the law will always have its limits. But is, is there a limitation on God? While he was saying, I have no one and feeling like I am no one, standing right in front of him was the one who singled him out and picked him out and put him in that spot and healed him. See, out of all the people that God could have put in that, maybe in that situation, out of all the people that God could have put in that job, out of all the people that God could have put in that family, out of all the people that God could have put in that ministry, out of all the people He chose to put there, you were the one He put there. See, that is my true north. That I'm called and chosen by God regardless of what I feel. I am called and chosen by God regardless of what I feel. You are called and chosen by God regardless of what you feel, of what culture is telling you, of what society is telling you. You are called and chosen by God. Now, say it with me, now turn north. Are we getting a little bit of better direction Maybe not really north, north, but maybe north to, to God. Now turn north. You can convince yourself that you are not alone until your loneliness becomes a lie. See, I know the feeling of loneliness is real. But sometimes, just like the man in John chapter 5, you can't see what's right in front of you because of the pain you carry inside of you. Because we're so focused on what's hurting us, so focused on what's bothering us, we can't see what's right in front of us because of the pain that we're carrying inside of us. The man is sitting and lying there one moment and walking the next. And the only difference 
was was what he looked to. Who he looked to. That's the only difference. As long as he was looking at what was around him, he stayed stuck in what he had. But now, turn north. I can almost picture this, this, this man lying there and Jesus comes up. Lying there like he had been doing for days and years at a time. Lying there waiting for someone to pick him up, put him in the water when it stirred so he could get healed. I could see Jesus coming to him and the man finally looking up to him. He was looking, always looking around. Somebody going to do something? Somebody going to help me? But his situation changed when he looked up at Jesus. Who knows, when we look up at Jesus, things can change. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Now, turn north. After today, you can walk in a complete different direction. When Jesus healed that man, the religious leaders didn't like it and the man didn't really understand it. The Bible asked him, who is this fellow that told you to pick up your mat and walk? And he responded with, I have no idea because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. See, sometimes... Check this out. Sometimes God is trying to bring you back to your north and you don't even know it. See, He can use certain seasons, certain setbacks in your life so that you will know your true north. But I'm glad that Jesus didn't just let the man walk away. In John chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus basically was giving him a second chance. How many of you all are grateful that he gave you a second chance? I got both my hands and my feet up in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. He gave me a second chance. See, the man picked up his mat. And I believe that made a statement that I won't go back. So how many of you all here don't want to go back? Don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the drug addiction. I, I, I hated it. I don't want to slip back into that. See, everybody gets discouraged. I know that. And everybody has moments of believing lies. I am no one. I have no one. I am no one. I have no one. What's the lie the enemy is trying to tell you? See, Elijah had a threat from a woman named Jezebel. He ran 40 days and 40 nights south and he hid in a cave. See, the word of the Lord came to him in a cave and he told Elijah in a whisper, leave here and go back the way you came. He said, you've gone so far south, you've forgotten who you are and you've lost yourself. When God tells you to turn north, you turn north. 
When God tells you to turn around and stop doing this, you do it. Prime example of Him telling me that, and I didn't listen. When He tells you, you do it, regardless, you're going to eventually turn around. As the worship team team comes. Maybe for someone who is saying that, man, this can't be for me because I don't deserve it. Well, God didn't pick the person at the pool that day that deserved it the most. He didn't go around and say, hmm, who deserves to be healed today? Who deserves it the most? He didn't go around doing that. Because I don't deserve it. See, he picked the person that he could use what they had been through to demonstrate what he could do. Are you that one today? Are you that one that God can use? Maybe you've just got out of a situation that you've been struggling with real long or you're even still in it and someone could be dealing with that very same thing when you cross paths in the grocery store, pumping gas. Not just at church. Talk about out there when you're doing your daily things, at your job. I wrote this down last night. The Bible is, is, is the compass of life. God spoke to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God spoke to me last night. The Bible is the compass of of life. See, when people go out hiking in the forest and they get lost, they probably wish they had this compass. Man, next time I'm going to pack this thing. They probably wish they had a compass to help them get out when they're lost in the woods. When people are lost in life, they wish they had something to draw them away from what they're struggling with. The people that are lost in life need the compass of life. They need, or they need someone like you and I to be that godly example of what God can do, that they are not too far south. That God can bring them back to their true north, who He originally made and designed them. See, we all have we all have a map. We all have a mess. And we all have a mistake. So when you carry this compass around, let that Deuteronomy 2-2 be stuck in your head. Now the Lord said to What's the Lord speaking to you right now? This man needed healing for 38 years. Maybe you need healing this morning. Healing in your body. Healing in a situation you're dealing with. Healing with a certain type of problem you've been struggling with for years and years and years. Or maybe even days or hours. You just started. Why don't we be like that man at that pool that day. But the thing is, the weight can stop now. 
So I want to encourage you all, the pool is open. If you need healing or a miracle in your situation right now, I want to encourage you, just like the man at the pool, he didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it, but God chose him. God picked him. Is God touching on your heart right now? I mean, he had faith. He went to this pool every day for 38 years. So I want to challenge you to have just enough faith to come up to this altar if you need healing in your body or healing in the situation. The pool is open. The pool is open for you all to come. Come. Bring you back to your true north. Maybe if it's not healing or a situation, maybe God's calling you to come back to Him. If He's speaking to you, I want to encourage you. The pool is now open. Don't wait.
Holy Spirit is working in this place this morning. The Holy Spirit is here. Even if you don't come up here, the Holy Spirit, God can heal you right in your seat right now. God can heal you right now. But remember, when God spoke, when Jesus told the man, He said, see that you are well. Now stop sinning or something else worse may happen to you. So just thank God for second chances. Let's thank God when we leave out of here, this is not just a compass. This does not just be thrown on the nightstand. Please put this in your pocket. Look at it and say, God, am I going the direction you want me to go in? Am I going a little too far south? And you want me to turn around and go north? Remember Deuteronomy 2, 2. Then the Lord said to me so don't look at this as just a compass look at this and think of then the Lord said to me amen hallelujah let's give pastor John a hand this morning amen praise the Lord hallelujah hallelujah I want everybody to bow your head before we we're going to close in prayer but just before we leave and they continually play, I want to ask this question. As Pastor John's already said, we all have a mat. We all have a mess. And we've all made mistakes. And I ask you this morning, you say, Pastor, before we leave here, I've got something, please, every head bowed and every eye closed. This is a serious moment here. I've got something in my life right now. I got a mat and I got a, uh, I got a mess. I got a situation. I got a sickness. I've got a, uh, a bondage. I got a heaviness on my life right now. Uh, I, I'm fighting fear, anxiety in my mind. If you're here and you have any of those things right now, just quickly slip up your hand with every head bowed, never eye closed. Come on. Quickly slip it up. Quickly slip it up. Wow. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. What a message this morning we heard about the mat, the mess, and the mistake. And how we see how God tells all of us that we have a north we need to turn. Amen. I want to pray. Can your pastor pray for you before we leave? Can your pastor pray for you? I love you guys with all my heart. And I believe God is fixing to do something in this church that is going to not end until the rapture of the church, Sister Tina. And he, I believe he started it this morning. I've just felt the Holy Spirit this morning. Have you guys felt the Holy Spirit this morning? Are you glad you came to church this morning? You got up. You got ready. You made the effort. We got a few here that had three. It's got three or four kids. I see them sitting back there uh, this morning. I'm so glad that they come this morning. They got four or five kids to get ready to come to church. And they're in church this morning, that young people back there. And I appreciate them so, so much. Father, I pray over your sheep this morning. And God, I pray right now it's their pastor, their shepherd, Lord. 
what a message we heard this morning. And God, I pray over every problem. I pray over all anxiety. I pray over all fear. I pray over all oppression. I pray over all depression. I pray over every sickness. I pray over every disease. I pray over every marriage issue. I pray over every situation, every job issue, every family issue. I pray over this morning, over your people. And God, I pray as their shepherd that, Lord, you will wrap your arms around them and you are going to bring healing just like you brought healing to the man at the pool we heard this morning. You're going to bring healing to them. Now, Father, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to keep them. I ask you to shine your face upon them. I ask you to restore back to them. And I ask you to add to their life financially, spiritually, and God, that you will surround them with angels this week. And as they leave this building, they know that they have been to the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you for every one of our young people here this morning. God, you got a plan, you got a purpose, you got a destiny for their life, and you're going to bless them indeed. Let's give our young people a hand this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God's hand be upon you. Don't forget, next week we got the dinner, so make sure you plan to stay. Amen. God bless you, and may the Lord keep you.